0: The Bear Down Report podcast featuring Mike Page, Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, and welcome to the third episode of the Bear Down Report podcast. Uh, We've got Jack Wright. We've got Logan Bradley. We definitely have Mike Page and I'm Ryan yeah. Dangle, folks here to talk with you guys about some Bears football, some college football, a whole bunch of stuff in this uh, week's episode. Uh, first things first, let's going to turn it over to Logan, who is our college football expert. Uh, Logan, what's going on uh, in college football right now?
1: Uh, there's a few things going on, like trying to play a season uh, that's potentially happening, but um no, something I kind of wanted to touch on today was Big Ten wide receivers because, you know, we're in Big Ten country. Watch, uh watch a lot of Big Ten football, some more than others maybe. But there's, there's a whole lot of good Big Ten wide receivers that are playing in that conference that you kind of wouldn't expect and are names that you might want to look out for at the next level. I'll just kind of go through a few of them. Ohio State has a guy named Garrett Wilson, and they kind of just turn out wide receivers. I mean, yeah, Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn Jr. might not be a great example at the moment, but he was good at one point during his career, but Garrett Wilson's a sophomore. I think he just went for 169 yards against um, Indiana, but he just makes insane catches. I remember uh, last year in the college football playoff against Clemson, he went up and you can look up the catch, but he went up against the defender and literally high pointed the ball at a ridiculous angle and came down with it. So he's kind of proven to be able to make big catches. He's athletic as, as all heck, and he's not going to, come out I don't think at this year's draft class but I would assume probably next year and he's going to be a name that'll shoot up boards quickly Um, another receiver Ty Freifogel for Indiana I mean a bunch of Indiana players are kind of making themselves known this year obviously with how they've been playing but Michael Penix has been throwing that guy the ball I think he's had two straight games with 200 plus receiving yards Um, he's a name that's easily shooting up draft boards right now and I think he might be draft eligible after this year not completely sure um, two other guys on Purdue David Bell and then everybody kind of knows about Rondale Moore Rondale Moore is kind of a smaller shiftier guy he just finally played his first game this year um, and he, he immediately changed the Purdue offense I mean Purdue offenses you, you don't even need to know that much about college football to know that that's probably going to be a boring offense all due respect to Kyle Orton of course Kyle Orton was a great quarterback but Brees. Uh, Andrew Breeze. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very fair, but you know, Kyle Orton always comes to the top of the head as a as a Bears fan, Neck um, but yep. Neared. Yep. That is fair. Um, but no, the other guy, David Bell, he's a guy you are starting to hear about more, but kind of an undersized guy. He'll be an interesting person to look at just strictly based off the fact that he, kind of catches everything. He doesn't have, uh, he doesn't have those refinements kind of to make as a wide receiver that I think a lot of young guys might need at the next level. So um, that's an interesting name as well. And then kind of one other that I'll touch on is Rashad Bateman, Minnesota wide receiver. He's a guy who was, he actually was at first, I think declaring for the draft last year, but then everything kind of happened. So he ended up coming back to Minnesota He's like a tried and true, like he'll probably be a second round pick in the NFL draft uh, this coming year, but he, he can kind of do it all as well. He's got good size. Um, He's, he's been able to get open consistently. So that's a guy that I would say the bears should definitely be keeping their eye on, but just the big 10 been surprising, you think of, you know, running the ball consistently and then punting the football, that's big 10 football right there. But there are a bunch of guys right now who can really, really play wide receiver And who will be good at the next level um but as far as other things college football related I'm gonna stick with Big Ten give Northwestern some credit for what they've been doing I mean their defense has been insane I think for the first time this year this past game I think they gave up points in the second half I'm pretty sure it might have been the first half I'm not sure but anyway they've been insane in the second half this year which kind of begs the question I don't know how much you guys are keyed in on Pat Fitzgerald but like transitioning to NFL talk he's a guy that you gotta think one day a team's going to be able to pry him away from Northwestern I I know he does not want to leave but man if the Bears are looking for a new coach one day soon which I would assume they will be considering what we talked about last podcast I'm I, I would be very interested in Pat Fitzgerald and just whether we'd be able to even entertain that idea because he's he really is a hell of a coach I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on Pat Fitzgerald, but big Chicago guy seems like a good fit.
0: Well, especially considering, you know, the the strict academic – rigors of Northwestern, you know, the people that they can recruit is a little bit different than what you could necessarily get at a, you know, I'm throw out that school, you know, I'm not even going to name a school, you know, just thinking about all of that. Um, folks, I got to say this, I am stoked to hear uh, this offseason what Logan is going to say about the draft. Um, I was looking through old text messages and I couldn't believe it. I said, all right, Logan, tell me someone that the Bears should draft that 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 is maybe not on my radar right away. And sure enough, the very first name, Jay Lynn Johnson, cornerback out of Utah, and and now as I sit back and I'm just man, this dude knows knows his college football. Uh, but bigger than that, we are so thrilled for uh, Logan and his entire family. Logan became an uncle, um, and so Logan, you know, huge congrats to uh, to your brother, uh, to your whole family. Uh, we we're just we're thrilled for you, dude. So just awesome yeah, I appreciate awesome that. news
1: congratulations Thank you very much. he is uh, Congrats, he is going to be a bears fan i would assume so he has that going against them to start but he's uh you know he's gonna be a good one he's he's a cute kid
0: dude we're again we're, we're stoked for you we're stoked for your family uh send all of our love out to to the whole bradley crew man we're 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 just elated for you guys
1: i appreciate that guys
0: All right, and next we have our NFL insider, Kevin Lefsky, uh, bringing us around the NFL. Kevin, what is going on? Well,
2: we got a lot of interesting stories going on. First, of course, you never like to hear about what's going on um, with with, uh, our young QB, Joe Burrow, um, but it's all but confirmed at this point that, um, you know, the rising star in the NFL is most likely out with an ACL injury. Um, after his game against Washington, he was actually, and I, I kind of saw this stat popping up all over the internet, he was on pace to be the first rookie QB with 300 passing yards, six out of the first 10 games, which in a place being that young, given the mantle of an offense like that, those are impressive numbers. So he actually sent out a tweet that says, uh, you know, it's not, it's, he's going to be back next year, see you next year. So, you know, he's looking forward to um, getting the recovery process started, sounds like. We also have the Tennessee Titans improved to seven and three with an OT win in Baltimore actually caught the end of this game. Um, Derek Hendry had 28 carries 133 rushing yards, but his one TD did not come until the OT um, when the Titans wrapped it up there. And one thing I'll point out, this is kind of a cliche. I feel like every time I hear people talk about this, but Corey Davis plays for the Tennessee Titans had his big game, five receptions, 133 yards. I actually played against Corey Davis in high school, graduate of Wheaton Warrenville South he was, and I'm not taking anything away from Corey, but uh, when we played, he was okay. And then he had an amazing time in Western Michigan, and now he is ruling in the NFL. So uh, that's my little tidbit. Again, a little bit of cliche, but personal connection to uh, him, and good job to the Titans. So
0: so basically what you're saying is you should be playing in the NFL is basically what I'm hearing out of that.
2: In no way, shape, or form is that what I'm implying. I am too small and not ferocious enough. Uh, But, you know, Corey Davis, obviously, got the stuff. The Saints stave off the Falcons um, without Breeze, 24-9, which actually checked in on this game in halftime. It was real close. Taysom Hill, 18 for 23 passing attempts, 233 yards, but... 51 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns. They're a good football team, plain and simple. I mean, you take out someone like Breeze, you know, an amazing football player, amazing leader. You take him out, and the fact that they're still able to win an NFL football game, it's kind of an amazing thing. Um, Also, update on Breeze, he broke almost half of his rib cage, 11 out of 24 ribs. That is amazing. Um, And, you know, we're we're waiting for him to get healed up as fast as possible because, even though they did win, the Saints do need him to to make a deep run in the playoffs. The Steelers have improved to ten and zero. They a uh, twenty seven uh, three win over the Jags. You know, not very impressive on the drags, Jags side, but it is impressive to be any team that is ten and zero. Um, and of course, this is late to the game, but the Seahawks uh, are seven and three because of Russell Wilson. Um, I think, besides maybe Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson is like one of the perfect examples of how a amazing QB can drag a team through the mud because for years, Russell Wilson, solely Russell Wilson um, has kind of taken many wins out of the jaws of defeat for the uh, CLC Hawks. So I will say um, the fact that Russell Wilson has never had a uh, MVP uh, award for him is kind of ridiculous, but that's a whole nother discussion. Now, of course we get to the NFC North, the important developments going here thus far. Um, unfortunately for the Detroit Lions, they were shut out against a 3-7 ser- Carolina. Um, guys, I don't know if you know about this. Uh, a shutout against a football team is an incredibly hard thing to do. And to, 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 to score 20 points and to hold the other team to zero points, as Carolina did, is a feat. And kind of just goes to show you how, uh, how iffy the Detroit offense is. Um, their, their star rookie running back Swift was out, uh, due to concussion. You know, he, the whole team had 40 yards with him out. So that's probably an indication there. And Stafford was eight, uh, 18 passing attempts at, or 18, uh, uh, completions to 33 attempts with 178 yards. So he didn't have any stellar uh, time there, but they are not looking good. So, uh, hopefully when the bears get them, you know, we'll, we'll have a, Uh, a Bears victory there but uh on to the Vikes which I'm gonna go through quickly because they made way too many mistakes against the Dallas Cowboys uh they lost 28-31 there was about eight penalties eight penalties against the Vikes for around 100 yards and that's they shot those almost in the foot they gave away a victory that should have been theirs um so I'm gonna rip the band-aid off and say there's nothing else to talk about there and then actually literally you know about 10 minutes ago the packers lost to a 6 and 3 colts who now improved to 7 and 3 and they lost because in overtime aaron uh, aaron rodgers throws a uh, pass to one of his wide receivers and the wide receiver fumbles it and that was that was the game uh, colts would then pick up from there and and kick a game winning field goal so all of the NFC north thus far have been handed defeats uh that's all i got here
0: And we want to thank Kevin Alefsky, our NFL insider, uh, does fantastic work. Uh, We should say that he is a Vikings fan. uh, If that was not readily apparent from that report, Um, we're really looking forward to it. But again, uh, for all of you that are listening, this is a big deal. Uh, Kevin has been uh, paying really close attention to the NFC North for us, and we will be hearing uh, from him again as the Bears play the Detroit Lions December 6th. Uh, He's been watching Detroit Lions games, so uh, you know he needs uh, needs some extra love there, Kevin. Kevin, thanks again for all you do for us, buddy. Appreciate it.
2: Of course. And I will point out, I mean, NFC North, any team I'm rooting for other than the Vikings, it is the Bears. But hey, I'm not going to get let you get away with any crap either. So, uh, you know, I think I'm a little uh, a little fair introspection to what's going on there, too.
0: I'm looking forward to our next Bears-Vikings conversation. A lot to talk about. Thanks again, Kevin. See you later. Uh, So let's, let's hop into some bears conversation. Uh, Shocker. uh, The bears lost, uh, lost a game. They have now lost. How many is that in a row? Four in a row. Gentlemen, it has been uh, just awful to watch. The offense has been atrocious. So we're going to, we're going to hop right back to, to Logan with this first question, Logan, what went wrong against the Vikings?
1: Ooh, a lot of things. So let's go with three main issues. Number one, and the thing that I would expect most Bears fans to be mad about, is just where was Allen Robinson in the second half? It it is astounding. And I mean, the Bears aren't the only team in the NFL that this happens to, where all of a sudden they just forget about their main weapon, who can get things done, like throw the ball in his direction. And most of the time, good things are going to happen. In the first half, it was working. They were getting the ball to him sort of consistently. I think he had probably four or five catches. And then the second half, just nothing. And it was to the point, actually, where his agent Brandon Parker, as I'm sure many people saw, was tweeting during the game. He was angry about Robinson not getting red zone looks. He was he even specified. He's like, I don't think it's Foles' fault. Eh, we can agree to disagree, possibly, on that, Brandon. But he was, he was, he wasn't trying to come out at anyone other than he did criticize the offensive line, which was very fair. And I think, in a roundabout way, criticized the play calling, which you know, who who wouldn't? And that. Begs a a different conversation about, you know, was Bill Lazor a help at all? But back to the point at hand, Allen Robinson just didn't get the ball. They didn't look his way in the red zone. And when you desperately needed points, you just didn't look at him. And kind of going off of that, Darnell Mooney, two targets. I mean, another thing that just doesn't make any sense to me. So number one, Allen Robinson just wasn't there. Number two for me, pass protection was, it was okay in the first half. It was like passable. But then in the second half, I mean, there was just third downs. The Bears were two for 11. And mainly what that was was just the Vikings fast rush getting after us. And who knows what the answer is there. But it, 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 was, it was a terrible, terrible thing.
0: I, I don't know if you guys saw the score. I mean, we heard it from Kevin, right? That they lost to the Dallas Cowboys, right? And, and how many points they let the Dallas Cowboys put on them. It's just I mean, the Minnesota Vikings defense isn't good right? And, and the Bears were abysmal. I, I just,
3: I can't wrap my head around it. Who was quarterbacking, quarterbacking for the Cowboys today? Dalton. It was Dalton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mike. Well, I, I know it's I know. your favorite. I called him a really bad quarterback last week, and I stand by that, but if he's, you know, wrecking oh, up he's some bad. points. Hey,
1: every, every squirrel finds a nut, you know? I, I, I think that was, that was his case. Cousins,
0: man, two weeks back to back where he he's looked good makes me kind of yeah. want to throw up a little bit.
1: So mm-hmm. yeah, no me as well. Um, but speaking of quarterbacks, my last thing about what went wrong against the Vikings was just Nick Foles is just bad. I mean, he isn't good. He he throws passes that are just lofted into the air. Like you, you're a quarterback, you've got to be able to throw the ball, and you've got to be able to fit it into tight windows. And there's no. Window that is big enough for him to fit a pass into, let alone do it accurately. So it's just, yeah, the offensive line is bad. Yeah, we didn't really have any passable running backs. Artavis Pierce was actually pretty decent, but Nick Foles just is. I mean, he's just he's consistently bad. Whereas Mitch Trubisky, you can he he was bad, but there would be flashes. There is no flash whatsoever from Nick Foles, and it shows.
0: The the stat line for uh, Nick Foles is pretty awful it's 15 for 26 106 yards uh with a 51.1 quarterback rating that is just not going to get it done at all so logan thank you for that um i'm curious mike after watching this game right after after seeing it you know hearing all the things that logan was talking about can this season be saved and and if they somehow magically do make it to the playoffs right is that gonna fix anything about how you feel about this team
3: yeah, I mean, the real question is, how do you define, you know, a saved season? Uh, does that mean you have a winning record at nine and seven? Does that mean, um, you know, you go to the NFC championship? Uh, or does it win- mean winning the Super Bowl? Um, if, you, if you're talking about just like a winning record, like a nine and seven record? Yeah, I think, I think we could pull that off. And if you don't think that we can pull that off, then just stop watching there's no point to watching Bears football, right? I mean, we have to have some sort of hope, some sort of uh, dream. Crazier things have happened. Mitch Trubisky has thrown three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win a game before. The Bears can go four and two in the final six games to to make it to the playoffs. Now, is that a good thing if we make it to the playoffs? Probably not. We're not gonna go anywhere Uh, is, is my main is my main idea there and so yeah of course it's so hard to root against your team um to to essentially lose but you know we got to get a quarterback in round one next year and so we got to we got to start thinking about Zach Wilson uh maybe Kyle Trask some other some other up and coming quarterbacks but we're definitely not going to win the Super Bowl what's the point of even thinking about it?
1: I think it's cute that you just assume the bears would use their first round pick on a quarterback. Like they're that smart. Come on. Let's not give them that much credit.
0: But they also need tackle. They need a guard. I mean, they, they need wide receiver help. I mean, just, they need an entire new offense. Right. And so just thinking about that, it's if it was one issue offensively, you could be like, all right, yeah, they just, they're a quarterback short, but they're an offense short. Right. I mean, I mean, we'll get into to the Allen Robinson thing later on, right? And and even Darnell Mooney, right? I mean, those guys are they're good, but they're not going to completely change this offense. Jack, I'm kind of curious. You know, same question I threw out to Mike. Do you think this season can be saved, or are you just kind of echoing exactly the things that Mike just said?
4: You know, I don't think it can be saved, and I think mainly it's because of what we said you know, regarding the offense. You change the offensive coordinator, basically the same results. You change the quarterback. From Mitch to Nick Foles, and basically the same results. I think if you know you were to to, to switch the quarterback to to Mitch, I, I think we would still see the same results. Sadly, and and I do think it's because to your point just a moment ago, Ryan, it's it's really broken, and to the point where I I do think it's going to take an entire overhaul to to be able to to fix that, and that's going to have to come through through draft picks that's going to have to come through free agency. You know, this will, well, I I obviously have a lot of unpopular opinions, but the the Bears are still paying for Jay Cutler's contract, and now they're paying for Mitch's contract. Those two things set the Bears back decades, because you think about what they could have invested in terms of offensive line play, in terms of top-tier offensive uh, skill players, and we're, we're talking about a, a completely different season this year with a top-notch defense, as, as we've talked about before. I think, you know, sadly, I know, you know, especially you don't want to hear this, Ryan, I know it's a long time ago, too, and it should be a dead issue, but it's really not, because we are, we are still paying for Smoke and Jay
0: yeah jack uh you know i'm not gonna bite too hard on that one because i just you're you're wrong in this one right i mean that that was so long ago we're talking more than five years ago in the nfl that kind of turnaround it's just it's not it's not an issue anymore now as far as mitch's draft and the draft capital that they gave up for him and that one jack we're not going to disagree, right? Like, I, I think you and I see eye to eye on that one, which kind of leads me to the, the, the next thing we we're supposed to talk about here, which is who's going to finish the 2020 season at quarterback, right? And, and, and my guy is Mitch. I mean, it's, and it's, it's not close, right? I'm just looking at, at some of these things, right? So, so Nick Foles has a 65% completion rating. That's the only thing that he has better than Mitch right now. Sure, he has more yards, but he's played more games. He's two and five as a starter, right? He's thrown 10 touchdowns. Sure, that's awesome, but eight interceptions. And some of those interceptions, I mean, people ragged on Mitch left and right, right? But but wow, they're just really, really awful. Not even close. He's also given up 18 sacks. And this, this is one of my absolute favorites. Gentlemen, on 14 rush attempts, Nick Foles has rushed for Three yards, three yards, right? As opposed to my guy Mitch, who's three and oh, sure, his completion percentage is way down at 59.3, right? But he's thrown six touchdowns to only three interceptions, only given up seven sacks, right? Which is still, we could say it's a lot because this offensive line is terrible, but he's also added 90 rushing yards. Now, what do you think about with an offensive line that is trash? I want a quarterback that can move a little bit, right? Because for the following the, the rest of the season, we've got Nick Foles. We've got Mitch Trubisky. We've got Tyler Bray, uh, Kyle Sloater, Uh Thank you, Logan, for looking up how to pronounce that name for me. I appreciate it greatly. And Deshaun Kaiser, who came in for a visit. That's, that's, a, that's, oh that's the Mount Rushmore of awful quarterbacking right in the NFL. I, I keep coming back to this point, right? Mitch Trubisky was pulled for ineffective play at the quarterback. Now, if we switched it around and you're looking at Nick Foles' stat line against the Vikings, you're telling me you're not pulling that guy for a guy who's 3-0 and as a starter, right? Six tuddies to three interceptions. I don't think Mitch was nearly as ineffective as people were saying that he was. I think it's this offense that is just awful.
3: You know, one of the questions we have to ask, too, is does Mitch even want the ball? You think about it, he is, he's in a contract here, right? He's coming off injury. And right now he can point to Nick Foles and say, look, this offense is awful. Uh, no matter what, it's bad teaching, it's bad talent, uh, bad coaching, you name it. I There's no way that I could have succeeded in this system. He's uh, <clears throat> coming off injury. You know, there's six games left. What if he hurts his shoulder again? Uh, does he even want the ball right now? Maybe he might, you know, milk this shoulder injury for for all he's uh, – for all it's worth, really.
1: I'm just interested, hypothetically, say Mitch never plays another down for the Bears this year. Um, what, what do you think, like, his value is? What do you think his market will be? Do you think that there's going to be any teams that are going to look at him and be like, okay, maybe he can bridge the gap to our next quarterback for a year do you think anyone's going to want him as a starter? Or is it going to be someone signing him like Jameis as a backup in New Orleans?
0: You, you, you know, the, the one that I've seen floated around, and at first I laughed at, but, but now I don't know how funny it is, considering how bad Cam Newton has been at times. You know, if anybody could, could find a way to make the most out of Mitch, you know it's Bill Belichick. Um, you know, I don't know necessarily that they're going to bring him in for starter money because that's not what they do. But to bring him in on a one-year prove-it deal – I would I would take that in a heartbeat if I'm Bill Belichick. Kick the wheels, you know, kick, kick the tires rather and see see what you got. Him. I mean,
1: look at Leonard Floyd as soon as he left the Bears. People are going to look at Mitch and be like, hmm, maybe he can, Bears just don't know how to use players. He can possibly do something else. Not saying that he would have the rise that Floyd's had with the Rams this year. But God, I mean, there's plenty of reasons to think that it's worth taking a shot on a guy that the Bears couldn't work out with.
4: I just don't think that adding Mitch Trubisky to the mix is going to make the Bears' offense any better. And let's keep in mind we're comparing, uh, you know, a former Super Bowl MVP to Mitch, you know. So in that respect, I don't think there really is any comparison. You know, Ryan, you and I went back, you know, via text like we normally do. What, you know, you said, Foles isn't very mobile. True, true. And I said, well, who else isn't very mobile? And I'm not comparing Foles to Tom Brady. But Tom Brady isn't very mobile. What predicates the need for mobility? Well, you know, if you're playing a Swiss cheese offensive line, then you've got to be able to move. Now, Foles is accurate, at least more accurate. He can stand in the pocket. He's tall. He can throw the ball deep, or at least he can throw the, you know, the the deeper out routes. Now think just for a moment, okay, before you go to the euphoria, that is number 10, Ryan, and think about the passes that Mitch threw and the level of inaccuracy that went along with Mitch, you know, think about the jokes that have gone around about Mitch's inaccuracy. You you think he's going to be any more accurate behind that offensive line? Maybe he can, he can scramble. Great. But to me, the two things offset them. You know, they, they offset one another. Yeah. So maybe he scrambles a little bit. Maybe he makes some, some plays out of nothing. Right. But then he's going to throw more picks. We're going to have more three and outs. It, Listen, it's a razor's edge difference and it's both bad, but I just, I don't agree with Mitch's as the starter.
0: Well, that's the thing, Jack, is I, I don't think we agree on this one because I've watched Nick Foles throw some passes that are way over receivers. I've made, seen a couple of the interceptions that he's thrown this season, right? If if it was 10 throwing those, I mean, people in, in you know, Bears jerseys, you know, fans watching on the side would be up in arms and screaming, you know, why is this guy playing in the NFL? I think Nick Foles gets a pass because he had a couple good games and he, he, he won a Super Bowl. There's no question about it, right? But, was that Nick Foles or was that Doug Peterson? How many teams has has Nick Foles been on? Right, I think I think we're getting more the the St. Louis Rams Foles than we are getting Doug you know Doug Peterson Foles.
4: And again, maybe we're splitting hairs though. Those inaccuracies, the really terrible passes that we've seen Foles throw, I think are as a result of, of, of intense pressure in his face, whereas. Again, think about those instances where Mitch had time in the pocket and had a blatantly wide-open receiver and just threw a, an awful ball, not even in the ballpark. So, you know, again, I, I suppose we could go back and forth with specific examples, but if I look at it holistically, I feel like Mitch's inaccuracy is a, a huge liability.
3: Here's why I want Mitch to start. He is way more fun to watch. If, if I'm going to watch six more Bears games, you know, Mitch gives us a, 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 what do you call it? A puncher's chance or something like that. Um, you know, he's going to be scrambling, escaping the pocket, making some pretty wild throws. Um, you know, I just, I feel like I need to have some fun for these six games because the last 10 have been so like, hard to watch.
1: It's it's amazing. Just think of what the things that we're saying. We want to have more fun. So we want Mitch Trubisky to be the quarterback. Can you like think of how backwards that is? Holy crap. That's that's terrible. What actually needs to happen though is we need to get like every Bears fan in a room and we need the the Men in Black Memory Eraser and we just need to like hit that button and then like watch Mitch play quarterback and he'll still suck probably, but like at least we'll be like, Oh, he's he's athletic. I'm like who who knows what we did to get him. We probably didn't even spend that much of a draft pick, you know. So, so the only thing I'll say the
0: last bit of this is, you know, Jack and I are arguing because currently we're playing each other in fantasy football and I'm up by five points. He has Travis Kelsey left to play. So it's not looking good. So it is a little contentious right now, but, but I think Jack, you and I will agree with him this. And I do want to hear your thoughts is neither one of these quarterbacks should be the starter next year. Neither one of these quarterbacks is the long-term answer. Neither one of these quarterbacks makes you think, man, I look around the NFL and go, I'm glad I got this guy on, on, on the side. You know, my, my point you know, is to, to, for the rest of this season right now, I don't want to watch Nick Foles throw the ball anymore. I don't think he's very good. Right? And you know, I, I think all of us are leaning towards this season is probably going to be done sooner rather than later and I'd rather watch to see what Mitch has right I mean he's I went back and I watched that six touchdown game against Tampa Bay and thought this kid can play right he just he needs the right system he needs he needs the right play design he needs a little bit of protection
4: I think it would I mean Mike sways me a little bit and you do too it would add an element of excitement there's no doubt about that I and it's clear that the the team backs you know Mitch um They truly like him and he has leadership uh, capabilities. If I were to anticipate it, it would be one of those situations where there's a little flash of excitement. uh, There's a little bit of movement of the ball. And then, you know, like the usual, when it comes to the bears offense recently, it's, it's a complete tease. And then we just get super frustrated again. Um, You know, two of the things that you mentioned, first of all, I think Mitch will end up probably somewhere as uh, a career backup. If I had to guess, Going back to that question briefly, I think also uh, last week, Mike hit it on the head. The chances of one of the two playing, I think, are predicated on the draft and who they potentially draft as quarterback. If that person doesn't happen to be, you know, NFL ready, then we might see some more uh, Nick Foles or we might see some more Mitch. Um, but, I, you know, that those are a lot of ifs. All right. It's time to move
0: into our, our newest and favorite segment, Unpopular Opinion. And for that one, we're going to turn to uh, the BDR founder, Mike Page. Mike, what is
3: your unpopular opinion for this week? The Bears should not re-sign Allen Robinson. We should let him walk. What do you guys think about that? The, the, the cap space
0: is not friendly. That's all I'm going to say. It's not friendly.
3: I mean, he's probably going to get – 18 probably 18 million 17 18 million uh and frankly we need to rebuild an entire offense starting with the offensive line right we got to bring in at least i mean if we can sign an offensive tackle in the offseason that would be huge but that's going to be really really expensive uh so that's why i was really interested in what logan was saying about big 10 wide receivers uh logan what do you think you know what spot in the draft do you think the bears should really target a wide receiver?
1: I mean, this past draft class, I think was really strong at wide receiver. You've seen a lot of good rookies like Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool. Um, There's so many others, but it seems like this is going to be another deep class. So I don't think that that's a position you necessarily are going to want to think about in the first round. Unless like someone just like fell to you and it was insane, but those, those second, third, fourth rounds, it seems like that's kind of been the very sweet spot for receivers at times. Um, and I think that there's going to be a ton of guys who are going to be available. Then like even another guy's Chris Olave from Ohio state, but, and, and obviously the, the SEC has their fair share of, of guys from Alabama, like I think it's something. I, I, yeah, but not worth it, but there's, there's a ton of, a ton of good guys. So would say second, third round and they've, they should definitely keep their eye out on, on a lot of guys around that time.
3: I mean, that's probably what we're going to be doing, right? I mean, I just don't think that the Bears should re-sign Allen Robinson. And frankly, Allen Robinson doesn't deserve the crap that the Bears have been putting them through. And, and frankly, the Bears don't deserve to have Allen Robinson either. I mean, it's, it's disappointing, right? Because, you know, there was this huge social media campaign, you know, hashtag extend Allen Robinson. That went on for you know six or seven games it seemed like and then you know after we got to five and five it was just like reality coming in and, and just seeing alan on on the side sidelines just really upset and knowing that uh you know they haven't reached a deal and they're not going to and you know it we have to rebuild an entire offense like we said and, and it's it's probably just best to, to let Alan go.
4: And it's but unpopular people- because he's well liked, right? I mean, he's, as a bear, he's, he's steady, right? He doesn't miss many games. He um, he's got great hands. He runs terrific routes, but, and so I do agree. I think that would make it unpopular. And there was this huge push to try to, to try to sign him. I think you're right on two accounts. One, uh, you know ryan, you mentioned cap space, so it 's just it 's really good as a as a business move right to be able to free up some cap some cap space and and although i do think a rob is is a is a good receiver i don 't think he 's amongst a top tier blue chip elite receiver, and at some point aren 't we going to you know i keep going back to that, but can we get a d hop can we get you know um, you know, Antonio Brown at his peak is that is that too much to ask that the Bears can get some sort of just a, an amazing elite electric receiver that is amongst I don't know the top five to seven, and that's that's not a you know that's not Allen Robinson. He gets no yards after the catch, for instance, and he and he can't blow the top off the defense. Otherwise, he's a pretty darn good receiver as Bears offenses go.
3: You weren't yeah. happy with Marty Booker for like a decade?
1: No. Moose and Muhammad. Oh, Moose.
3: <laughs> so
0: so so let me put, let me throw this out here to Jack to, and all you guys. If Allen Robinson leaves, who is your number 1 receiver? Who who's your offense, right? Like, I understand if we're going into a rebuild. Oh, just, if they Reese, like Anthony Miller, like I'm done with that. Like I'm long, like, please trade him away, get somebody else a little bit more consistent. You know, I would, I understand Mike, where you're coming from this. And I've even thought it myself, right? But, but at the same time, that's your offense. The dude is going to have more than likely a thousand yards with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Right, you gotta pay that guy, and 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 the and the Bears brass, right? You know, someone's gonna have to go. Some big name on this team is gonna have to be gone next year for them to have any kind of cap space. I I understand where you're coming from, but I just I, what's your offense without Brian? The Robinson? top
3: the top five wide receivers uh, in terms of salary. Check out the last time any of them won a Super Bowl. Teams that pay wide receivers don't win Super Bowls. And frankly, the the state of the Bears offense, if you pay a wide receiver next year, it's not going to get you any closer whatsoever to a Super Bowl at all.
0: Well, well, I think I think you know, going back to Jack's point, it's not a D hop, right? You know, Allen Robinson is a mid tier wide receiver. And so I totally understand what you're saying, Mike, but 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 the but the bottom line, I come back to this exact same question is who's your number one receiving threat? Yeah, I mean Alan you got to sign home. you got
3: to sign someone new i mean when when you look at at when ryan pace signed allen robinson he was coming off injury right i think he signed him for 14 million dollars a year on average roughly that's a steal for what allen robinson has been and i totally disagree that he's quote unquote mid tier he is a top 12 Uh, He's a top 12 wide receiver for sure in top 10 in many cases uh, in many statistics across the league, definitely way better than mid tier. So, I mean, you just got to try to find uh, a guy like, like pace did when he found Allen Robinson and and paid him 14 million a year. You got to try to find someone for, for maybe 10 coming off entry, maybe had a bad year, And, you know, bounce back candidates. I mean, Ryan Pace has done this before, too, with other positions. Look at Akeem Hicks. I mean, this dude came out of nowhere, right, from New Orleans. Pace has the ability to see and project uh, value. Um, So that's just what he's going to have to do again for for this number one, right, receiver role for the Bears in in 2021.
0: Is Ryan Pace – gonna be around next year to make that choice oh, sure.
3: is it an unpopular opinion to say that ryan pace and matt nagy should both stay for the oh, 2021 no. year oh is no that
1: unpopular so i guess oh, it is yeah oh, okay yeah get them <laughs> out i just threw up here. in
4: my mouth a little does that equate to i've just seen
1: enough how have you not seen enough what's your reasoning for that oh my gosh well first
3: i think that if you're going to pass around blame for for this year and probably last year, it's got to be more on Matt Nagy. I really like a lot of things that Ryan Pace has done. Uh, some of it hasn't worked out. He hasn't been perfect. Uh, most notably, Mitchell Trubisky. Right, that's that was a swing and a miss. But um, you look at some. You look at some of these uh, free agent signings and and some of these draft picks that he's just, he's kind of knocked out of the park and he's built a Super bowl caliber defense and he gave Matt Nagy pieces. I, I, that's what really upsets me is I really feel like Matt Nagy had pieces to work with and he squandered it. I, I think that if someone's going to be gone, it's going to be Matt, but i like Matt. So I kind of, I kind of just want him to stick around for one more year One more year and, and pace pace. I don't think has done enough to lose his job. I think he gets one more crack at the quarterback, one more crack at the quarterback. If he can't do it with one more quarterback, then he'll be gone. And and probably if he drafts a quarterback next, next year, give them three years. So I think pace has another three years left.
0: All right. Well, that's interesting. That leads us right into my next question. If not Matt Nagy, then who jack I'm, I'm i'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this
4: well a couple of disclaimers you know and, and ryan you've heard me say this before first of all i think to some extent moving these pieces is a part of the symptom but it doesn't address the disease you've heard me say before i don't think there's going to be any real drastic improvement in this franchise until it's sold and i don't know if it will ever be sold because i understand you know the uh, heritage and the history of the McCaskies, but. Any other franchise, in my opinion, that does well in the NFL is a franchise where the NFL piece is just a side hustle for whoever owns it. And in that way, then, they allow the football people to do the football expertise that they need to do to be successful. That's, that's one. Secondly, I do kind of hesitate with looking to shove you know, Matt Nagy out the door. I do think, Ryan, you often make a great point That he's he's a great culture guy, you know, and and so in that way, again, a lot of ifs, but if if you were to solidify the offensive line a bit, if you were to add an offensive weapon, and you were to allow for someone else to call the plays, you've still got Chuck Pagano and you still have a, a, a mighty good defense, maybe we're not quite ready for a full, you know, retool at this point. However, I guess if we go to a third, and let's just hypothetically say he is out the door, um, then you're looking at a couple of candidates. There needs to be a disclaimer to this discussion as well, because this is with the idea that the Bears could actually lure one of the best, uh, you know, candidates that are out there. You know, and when you look at the candidates that are out there, you're looking at Eric Bieniemy, which, by the way, I think is so awesome because as a Notre Dame fan growing up, seeing. You know Eric Biennemi, the enemy, and those black shoes and those black socks and those Notre Dame, uh, Colorado uh, games. Those were just some of the most epic games, most memorable games of my entire entire life. But Biennemi, you know, there's there's two two ways to go with that, right? There's this, you know, Andy Reid, you know, coaching tree. You got Harbaugh, you know, you got Peterson, you've got uh, McDermott, you know, and you've got you know, Matt they they've mostly done pretty well for themselves. You could argue against Biennemi because um, he's, you know, been given the keys to a Lamborghini and, you know, yeah, he has had the best offense uh, as the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs in the last three years. However, I hear he is highly respected uh, throughout that organization. I'm going to throw out some other names and I'll tell you who I think it would be the best option personally. Um, Greg Roman, offensive coordinator for the Ravens. Um, you look at uh, Robert Salah, uh, who's the defensive, quarter for, defensive coordinator for the Niners. He's 41 years old. The defense has been very injured, and yet they are still playing pretty darn well. Um, you go to the college ranks, you're looking at, you know, maybe Harbaugh's done at Michigan. You probably could never lure away Dabo Sweeney, and why would he come to the Bears anyway? Uh, and, or, or you're looking at um, you know uh, Oklahoma's you know, head coach, which probably isn't going to happen. So I want, if it's possible, uh, to try to get him in. Uh, I want to be able to get um, Brian um, Dable for a couple of He's the, he's the offensive coordinator, right? For the Buffalo bills. He's 45 years old. Uh, He was at Michigan state university. Then he was at Alabama. uh, And now he has been mostly credited with the success that you see in Buffalo's offense, especially with developing, um, you know, the quarterback there. Now, he has one of my favorite quotes. He, he says, uh, people don't care how much you know until you know how mu- until they know how much you care. He's a people person. I've seen him talk to his players. Uh, he talks to them as if they are human beings and he has great relationships with them. Uh, he's a Buffalo guy, a Buffalo native. Uh, I think he would fit really well. And if there was any chance that we could lure him and not just drop the ball, like, I know Ryan, you get real upset when we talk about coaching decisions but if that was at all possible uh i think that would be ideal
0: anybody else want to throw in thoughts about that one you yeah, the, the the one that that has me thinking when you said eric be enemy uh just because you know, do you go back to that tree? Do you go back to the Andy Reid tree? Do you literally go back to Kansas City and be like, hey, that last offensive coordinator, he was good, but we want the next guy. We want the, the, the better version of that guy. Um, you know, it's just, it's tough because, you know, I, I agree with you. There's so many things I like about Matt Nagy, but offensively, he's, he's awful. He's not good, right? And so so the question, right, is Eric the enemy. Is, is he the guy? Logan, Mike, what about you guys?
1: I mean, I don't think that you can have buyer's remorse just because um, Matt Nagy was one guy who's supposed to come in and be able to orchestrate a successful offense. I can't say that I know a ton about Eric enemy. Um, But, I mean, it, it's got to end up being sort of a similar situation to when Matt Nagy was – Um, thought of as a head coaching candidate but at the same time I think at that time that was more of a surprise sort of when he was hired and I know that the enemy has now been talked about as a head coaching candidate for two three years so there's got to be some like real steam behind him being an actual candidate so again I'm not going to say that I'm the most well-versed in in what he can do and what his uh what his strengths are but I don't think that you should have buyer's remorse just because Nagy wasn't what you thought he was.
4: I think it's an excellent point, and and, and again, let's face it, you're right, Logan. He, you know, he, people were surprised he didn't get a, a head coaching gig last year, and so I mean, he's going to be number one off the board, you know. So he'll probably go to the Texans if I had to guess. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, Ryan, maybe this will appeal to you. Uh, perhaps Josh McDaniel will look for another head coaching job. I think that would be. Don't you think that would be a really great fit for the Bears, Ryan?
0: Okay. So, so, so other than in Tennessee, when has the Bill Belichick tree worked for a head coach?
4: Yeah. I I mean, I was being facetious and so I don't know as if I could think of an example. He, he seems to have found his niche as an offensive play caller. And sometimes I think you should stay in your lane, you know, but, but, but again, I mean, who who knows the guy maybe wants another crack at it. I just hope that crack isn't with our Chicago bears.
1: I will say one guy from the, Palachuk coaching tree just to give him credit that has looked really good as Brian Flores with the Dolphins he's done really really good things especially last year with a team that just was really bad and was talent deficient and he he's a fiery guy he's a really he's gonna be really good coach for a long time whether that's with the Dolphins or somebody else I assume it'll be with the Dolphins because they got Tua um, but just wanted to give him a little bit of love because he's been very very good.
0: You know, the, the last thing I want to talk about offensive coordinators, I want to see what Bill Lazor can do with two weeks. I, I, you know, from what I understand from listening to people uh, from the Bears organization talk, it sure sounded like he was calling Matt Nagy's plays, right. Um, and, and didn't get a chance to put in any of his own stuff his own wrinkles. uh and I would say actually in the first half, there were a couple of plays that you go, oh, wow, there's, there's a pace, there's a tempo here. And then things kind of fell apart from there. So I am curious to see what he does. Unfortunately, it's, it's against the Green Bay Packers uh, who are coming off a loss. Um, and you know Aaron Rodgers uh, is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Which... All right, folks, it is time to, to wrap this up. Um, gentlemen, I want to hear from each of you. And Mike, I want to start with you. How do you see the rest of this Bears season playing out? You know, give us a if you if you want to throw out a win loss record or or just uh, how you see things developing from this point on. Let us know, uh, Mike. We're going to start with you.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, it's going to be the worst case scenario for the Bears, which is uh, which means that they're going to go three and three. They're going to go eight and eight, and which is just this you know, NFL limbo zone, right? They're not going to get into the playoffs. They're not going to have a good draft pick. And uh, we are going to see Mitch, though, I I think for the rest of the way. And there might be something to this whole, like, you know, Mitchell Trubisky's a bear. And if we're going down, you know, I'd rather have a true bear in there rather than Nick Bowles, who's kind of like a, you know, a hit man and a bad one at that. So we'll see Mitch run around throw a bunch of interceptions we'll we'll uh win three games lose three games go eight and eight and uh i don't think we're gonna see matt Nagy or ryan pace fired uh in the offseason that we're gonna have one more crack at it next year and a big reason for that too is a lot of us are forgetting that this is a covid year this is a really weird year and it's extremely hard to evaluate uh, players, coaches, uh, front office, so much crazy stuff has been going on. It's almost like this is like a free pass, I think, uh, in terms of, um, you know, evaluations, at least in my opinion. Logan, what about you?
1: When, when you first like kind of sent us the questions, I kind of read this as like, how will the Bears finish the season? Like how will they possibly do it? And that's like my pessimistic view on things. Uh, it's not going to be good. Uh, They don't even really have a tough schedule down the stretch other than two games against Green Bay, which, you know, almost what are the chances that we win one of those games at this point? I don't see that really happening. Um, Then they've also got the Lions, Texans, Vikings, and Jaguars. So really not a hard schedule, but by no means am I about to sit here and say they're going to go four and two or something. Probably two and four, maybe three and three if we're lucky. But really for me at this point, it's just like just, just watch Roquan Smith just sit back try like obviously we're all going to be frustrated by these games that they're not winning or even games that they're winning and they're winning ugly but just sit back watch roquan smith he's been everything that we wanted him to be from the day that we drafted him obviously he's gone through some ups and downs but at this point he's a hell of a linebacker and he's playing at the highest level close to the highest level that you could so i'd say enjoy him don't expect much from the offense no matter who's on center and just try to watch other football games
4: we're looking at a rough go of it we're looking at the um, packers at packers by the way i believe that's uh, going to be the uh the night game so that'll be uh that'll be tons of fun uh, i don't see them beating the packers at home it looks like a, a win with the lions i'm sorry so the, the lose to the packers it's it's at green bay they're gonna win at home uh at soldier against the lions uh the texans look pretty darn good t- Today Uh, They could win that game, but I doubt it. So I see a loss at the Texans, uh, a loss the next week at the Vikings, uh, a win against uh, Jacksonville, uh, and then a loss against the Packers to finish uh, seven and nine.
0: Jack, you and I fight constantly. But I, I want you to see this on my sheet right here that I have the Bears finishing seven and nine and the only two wins come against the Lions, obviously, and the Jaguars. I, I, Jack. I, wow, that's
4: incredible. We almost never agree. Maybe I'll let you win our fantasy matchup.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely not going to happen. I know that. Uh, we could start arguing about cauliflower or one of the other million things that we Terrible argue about. Uh, that's the, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that for a teaser for, for the next episode. Uh, For Logan Bradley, Mike Page, Jack Wright, uh, I'm Ryan Dengel. We are the Bear Down Report podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please tell your friends, uh, tell Bears fans to take a listen. We appreciate all of it, all of the feedback uh, and all the listens. Thank you guys so much. Uh, As always, our friends, please bear down.